In this week's parsha, we talk about <coughs> the mitzvah of Pesach Sheni, which began that Hashem gave the Yidden the, uh, the mitzvah of Korban Pesach in the second year, um, in the first month, meaning in the month of Nisan of the second year, the first anniversary of leaving Mitzrayim. He said that everybody should bring a Korban Pesach, and then there were the people that said uh, they were Tomei and why should they lose out so Hashem gave them the mitzvah of Pesach Sheni so Rashi says this happened in the first month meaning in Nisan of the second year and he explains that the parsha at the beginning of Chumash Bamidbar was not said until year that year in other words a month later than this parsha so from this we learn that there is no order to the chronological order to the Torah what came later can be related earlier and vice versa. So we have to understand about this. The idea that that there is no chronological order to the Torah is something that we, that's already been mentioned a number of times throughout the Chumash, all the way back in Parsha Bereshis, where it talks about when the Xayr for the Mabel happened, and it only relates the birth of Noach's children later, but the Xayr... So it already mentions, Rashi already says a number of places after that Yitzchak passed away, where the Torah tells us about Yitzchak passing away is way before he actually passed away many events happened after that in which Yitzchak was still alive in fact this whole thing we know from, from the Psukim that in Nase, let's say, when Moshe Rabbeinu, when the Nasim brought their Kabbanas was, of course, on the day that they put up the Mishkan, which everybody knows was, and Rashi points out, was Rosh Nisan. And yet, the beginning of the set of the Chumash talks about Rosh Chedesh Iyar of the second year. So we know the dates are out of order. And over there, Rashi doesn't say, suddenly here, he says, "Ein muk, ein So why is it that Rashi says over here? From here we learn that ein We know this already throughout Chumash from a number of places before this. How do we learn it only now? So the answer to that is, Rashi adds the words over here, "Ein seder There is no order to what comes first and last. What does he mean by the word ain't seder? In all other places it just says ain't muktamamucha. The explanation is this. All those other places where Rashi explains ain't muktamamucha batayra, he's simply explaining not to answer the question, how come the Torah writes it out of order? There is no such question. Because there is no requirement for the Torah to write things in chronological order because it's not a history book which is telling you things in the order in which they happen. So they, it tells it in the order that the, the Torah finds important. There is no expectation that the Torah must say it in the chronological order. That's why it's not a question. Why does Rashi mention it then, where he mentions it earlier? Just so that you don't make a mistake what, of what came first and what came later. Just so we, under, we understand it, not to answer why the Torah says it in out of order. But in this case, in our Pasuk, Rashi does have a question. Because at the beginning of Parsha Bamidbar it says, the Torah points out when it happened. 
on the first day of, uh, in the, you know, of the second month of the second year when they went out of Mitzrayim. In our Pasuk here, it again says, in the first month and the second year when the Yidin went out of Mitzrayim. So the Torah points out the date. It's telling us the Seder, the order in which, it tells us exactly where it fits in on the calendar. And yet, says it in the reverse order. What happened earlier is related in Parsha Baloyska. What happened later, uh, later is related at the beginning of, of Chomish Bamidbar. There, Rashi has the question, how is it reversed? That's why Rashi says, from here we see that even when there is a Seder, even when the Torah is pointing out the date and the time, it, does, it doesn't have to be in chronological order. That's something new that we didn't know till now. We continue in the Rashi. Rashi explains why didn't he begin with this story of the Karm Pesach? Because it's Genusam Shayisrael, it's the shame, it's not complimentary of the Yidden. Because all the 40 years that the Yidden were in the Midbar, they did not bring only this one Karm Pesach. So we have to understand about this also. First of all, Rashi said there is no requirement for the Torah to give, to, to relate the story in order. So why does he ask what's the reason that it's related out of order? He said there's no requirement for it to, nowhere else does he say what's the reason? Why does he ask for over here what's the reason? Also he says, why doesn't, why didn't he open with this story? That's an, uh, he should have said, why didn't he, uh, why didn't he say this earlier, before the other one? Why does he say open this open the chumash with this one? Why does he say that expression? We also have to understand Rashi gives a reason because this is not complimentary of the yidden because the forty years they didn't bring a carbon. The question is why is that in any way not complimentary? Why is that a shameful thing? Rashi already told us earlier that the Torah said that the that the carbon pesach should be brought when you come to Eretz Yisrael. That's how the Torah designed the mitzvah. So why should they have brought the carbon in the midbar? It's not shameful at all. That's when it's supposed to be brought. This one time at the, the, the first anniversary was a special exception that Hashem made that they should bring a carbon that year too. But generally it was meant to be brought only then. In fact, they weren't permitted to bring a carbon Pesach in the, on the Mizbeach if Hashem didn't command it. You're not allowed to bring a carbon, a carbon because you decided that you want to. So what do you, how is it a shame? Tesis and the other commentaries answer that this in itself is a shame that it took 40 years until they got to Eretz Yisrael because of the sin of the Miraglim. So that's the shame. But that is very difficult to understand why that would be considered a shame to them in this matter because in this Pasha it doesn't talk anything about the fact that they were the Miraglim were gonna, were, that it was a problem with the Miraglim that they were, way, they were not going to get there for 40 years in fact over here Moshe Rabbeinu said we're traveling and we're going to get there Rashi says in three days they were supposed to be in Eretz Yisrael so it didn't even, wasn't even an issue at that time at the time of the Korban Pesach the second Korban Pesach that it, they were not going to reach Eretz Yisrael for 40 years so this parasha doesn't speak about their shame and if you're going to consider this a shame because they didn't get to do it until they came to Israel 40 years later, that the same thing is true about every mitzvah in which, which only began when they got to Israel. It had to go 40 years at the wait to do those mitzvahs. So should we say that every mitzvah, the, the parsha of Truma is a shame, the parsha of Meisers is a shame, the parsha of Bikurim is a shame, and so on. 
why would it be? In fact, those should be more shameful. At least the carbon Pesach they did one one time. Those they never got to do until they got to Yisro. So really, it has nothing to do with the carbon Pesach. It's just the situation which pertains to many mitzvahs. Why is this a shame? So to explain, when Rashi says, why didn't he begin with this with the story? Because it talks about the shame of the yidn. So if the Torah is shy about talking about the uh, you know a not uncomplimentary story about the yidn, why does he tell the story? Why does he tell the story? Never mind why he doesn't start with that. Why does he tell it all together? So therefore the answer must be because the issue is we don't start with a story that is not complementary to the Eden because the beginning of every Sefer has to be with a complementary story. The beginning of a Sefer always has to be complementary. And we see the three Svarim which talk about the Eden Shmois Vayikra and Bamidbar all start with complementary things about the Yidin. Shmais begins with, Rashi says, why did he count them? Because he loves them. So he counts them again and again. It's out of love. That's the beginning, the beginning of of the Chum Shmais. By Yikra, Rashi says, why does it say Hashem called out to Moshe? Why doesn't it say like everywhere else, Vaidabar Hashem Moshe Lamer? He called out. Rashi says, it teaches us that whenever Hashem spoke about the Yidin, to tell him something to the Yidin, to give a mitzvah to the Yidin, he first called out to Moshe. That is a sign of love. It doesn't suddenly appear to him. He calls out to him. That's an expression of love. Again, at the beginning of the Sefer, it uh, immediately points out the love that Hashem has for the Yidin. Parshaba Midbar. Again, why did he say that they should take a census? Because Hashem loves them. That's why he counts them all the time. So all three... Uh, all three Chumashim begin with the love of the Yidin. That's why Rashi says, you have to start a Chumash with love for Yidin, not with something that talks about their, about something which is uncomplimentary. In fact, even Sefer Bereshis also starts that way. Rashi says, why didn't he start, why did he start with Bereshis and not with Achidus as Alechem, the, the laws of the Torah? Because he wants to tell us that Hashem loves the Yidin and he gave Etz Yisrael to the Yidin and to- gives them the answer to if they should demand why did you conquer as Yisrael from another nation so immediately gives even when he's creating the world he gives us the, ex- the explanation of why the Yidin are getting as Yisrael it's theirs it, it, it's rightfully theirs so therefore Rashi says we know already that so Rashi has the question we know that Chumash is supposed to open with Pasach. It's supposed to open with something which is complementary to the Yidin. So he has the question, why didn't it start with the story of Karben Pesach? That would be a better story to start with in order to bring out the love of Hashem to the Yidin. The explanation is, Chumash, why, should it, why should he have started with, Parsh, uh, with the story of the Karben Pesach? Bamidbar, Chumash Bamidbar talks about what happened to the Yidin during their travel in the desert. It talks about what happened there. So it would make sense to say that it should start with a story which tells about how the Yidin were dedicated to actually carry out a mitzvah which Hashem had given them in the Midbar. And the story of the, uh, of the Karben Pesach is a terrific story. The Pasik ends by saying, Hashem told them to do the mitzvah, and they did it, everything that Hashem, that Moshe had told them to do, 
they did it perfectly and so on it brings out that they truly were dedicated to the mitzvah how much so that even those people that didn't have the opportunity because they were Tomei made a special request why should we be left out and Hashem responded and he gave them the mitzvah of Pesach Sheini that's how dedicated they were that is the type of mitzvah that should say or the type of story that should start Chumash Bamidbar another reason that this would be the, this makes more sense to be the beginning is because the one, the one that currently starts Bamidbar talks about the love of Hashem to the Eden because he counts them all the time but that's something that we already know from Shmois. That's the same point that's brought up by the beginning of Shmois. So why not start with a new, a novel thing that is Hashem has, shows how Hashem loves the Yidin and that the Yidin love Hashem. In fact, the Rebbe says that would have shown a nice progression, showing more and more, deeper and deeper love from Hashem to the Yidin from the beginning from Shmois, which talks about His love to the Yidin just because they are. Then in Vayikra talks about how he loves them in the mitzvahs that he gives so when he gives them mitzvahs he calls out to them he gives it to them with love in a way that, that shows his, his how dear they are to him and that's why he calls out to Moshe before and it's not about Moshe it's not that he called out to Moshe because he loves Moshe it's because he loves the Yidin because we see that Rashi contrasts to Moshe he called out to him before to the Nevi'im to the prophets of the Goyim, he doesn't call out to him before. In other words, it's not about Moshe as opposed to anyone else. It's about the prophet of the Yidden as opposed, in contrast, to the prophet of the Goyim. So it brings out the love of Hashem to the Yidden in the context of mitzvahs. And then Bamidbar would have been, not only is it in the regular mitzvahs, but Hashem gave them a special mitzvah, the mitzvah of doing the the Karben Pesach in the Midbar and then he gave them an additional mitzvah which is the mitzvah of Karben Pesach so that would have brought out an even deeper connection a progressively higher connection between the Yidin and Hashem and it brings out also that they wanted that extra mitzvah the ones that they, w- they weren't able to do the Karben Pesach because they were Tomei and Hashem responded to them with love and gave them the opportunity to bring that to do a new mitzvah so all these bring out a deeper love between Hashem and the Yidin, more, or perhaps more so than the actual opening of Sefer Bamidbar. So to this Rashi explains that the reason that he doesn't start because it brings out a shameful fact about the Yidin. What's the shameful fact? If the Yidin saw that Hashem gave them a mitzvah of Pesach Sheni, why? Because people asked. How many people? A few people, a handful of people. Now, when they come to uh, when it comes to the next year of uh, Korban Pesach, why didn't the Yidden say, "Why should we wait till we get to Yisroel?" The other mitzvahs we can understand; they're connected to the land itself. It's about the produce produce of the land. It's not about it's unconnected to the midbar. But Korban Pesach, we did one in the midbar. Why shouldn't we continue doing it in the midbar? let's petition Hashem that we should be able to do the Korban Pesach in the Midbar as well but they didn't that shows why didn't they do it a Korban Pesach the Korban that saved them from Mitzrayim the Korban that saved them from Makas Bechayris the Korban which, by which they were Zeichet to the uh, redemption from Mitzrayim Geulis Mitzrayim why weren't they why weren't they asking for it they saw that they could ask for it and they didn't that's what was shameful 
So you could ask the question, okay, the Yidin were shame, shamefully didn't ask. But what about Moshe Aaron? They could have asked. They are not shameful people. They know what they, what's required. They know what they could have accomplished. Why didn't they ask? The answer to that is because Moshe and Aaron, the leaders of the Jewish people, their first, first and foremost, their function is to protect the Yidin. They are the shepherds of the Yidin. When the Yidin didn't ask for it, at least it wasn't emphasized. There was no light shone, shined on it. But if Moshe and Aaron would have asked for that mitzvah, and they would have got the mitzvah, then, the, then it would bring more attention to the fact, why didn't the Yidin ask for it? Why did it take Moshe and Aaron? That would bring out the shame even more so about the Yidin, and that's something that Moshe and Aaron do not want to do. They do not want to point a spotlight on the shame of the Yidna, that's why they didn't ask either. The Rebbe explains it according to Chassidus, the this idea that we learn that there is ein seder muktam amucha, that there's no order to Torah, we learn it from this story. Why from this story? What is the meaning of there's no order? There are two ways in which a Yid does Aveda. One is the regular order. Hashem said that a Yid should do mitzvahs and shouldn't do Avedas, and you, you, can, you do it that way. You live your life according to the seder that Hashem set up. Then there is another Raveda, which is when a Yid commits a sin and he has to do tshuva. So that's a, a life lived out of seder. It's higher than seder. Normal Raveda requires that you go step by step in your growth in, in Kedusha. Tshuva means that you can go from the depth to the highest level in one moment, in one instant. That's beyond seder. So the Yidin, when they, at the beginning, when they came out of Mitzrayim, the first Korban Pesach, they were perfect. At that time, they were like newborn babies without a sin, and therefore they did the normal order of Korban Pesach. After the Chet, Ha'egel, after the Chet that happened in the Midbar, so now they were already in a system of Tshuva. Now they should have required, now they did request the, the Pesach Sheni, which is for those people that missed the first Pesach. In other words, they're not working in the normal order. It's a mitzvah which is, addresses those people that are out of the normal order. And therefore, they should have requested also, now that they are in this mode of tshuva, they should have asked for the carbon Pesach for the rest of the 40 years as well, because they're working out of order. That's why this was something that they should have realized, something that they were there to do, they could have accomplished it because they were working out of order. And since the Torah is eternal and it has a mess, this message is for us today too. And therefore, every yid has to know that when we request something from Hashem, He grants it, and that we, the, therefore it pertains to every tefillah that we do, every davening that we do, every request Hashem will answer it. And especially the most important tefillah, which is that Hashem should meherat hatzmiach, that Hashem should quickly bring Mashiach. And if we ask for it sincerely, then Hashem will respond that that should happen.